You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Big Idea Friday, which means you'll be hearing Sangram share a specific concept that has transformed the way he lives his life and leads his business. Like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangam here. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest. Every time I go somewhere, I meet some new people and, and they become my best friends because I learned so much from them. And in this one, before I tell the name of the person, we went and did axe throwing at this conference. And I think she was my partner the whole time. And I think we somehow hit, I got lucky hitting like the right place at the right time. And that was like an epic video that got created as a result of it. But we're going to talk about X throwing. We're going to talk about social media strategy in B2B, how it is holistic. So we're going to bring an expert today and talk about it. So today we have Caitlin Angeloff, who is the global social media strategy and operations lead. She has been doing this for a while. And I I listened to her at the conference and she was talking about how they were using social media, specifically Facebook Live, to bring this new idea of a new category that they're trying to build. So we're going to talk about category leadership, social media strategy, and a whole bunch of things. So Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be on this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Flip My Funnel is a fantastic podcast and, and I've listened to some of your past ones. So I'm just excited to be chatting with you today. And it was a lot of fun to be your throwing partner for the speaker event during Connex. That was, that was epic. I can't say that I will ever be able to top that experience. That was just awesome. And wasn't it crazy, right? We were doing axe throwing and there was a bar right behind us and, and people are drinking and throwing an axe. And I'm like, is this really happening? This would never happen in the United States because, you know, there's there's too many legal agreements that would have to be signed. But my literally the palms of my hands were sweating as I grabbed the axe. And all I'm thinking is, as I lifted it over my head, oh, please don't let it slip out of my hand and go backwards. So I had a really good grip on it. But yeah, I had, I had the same thought as you did about that. Yeah, and there wasn't a whole bunch of separation between you and the people standing behind you. And I know when we were doing, like, everybody was, like, you know, crowded around us. And I was thinking, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And it was a lot yep. of fun. It was fantastic. All right, fantastic. so Kate, Tell us a little bit about yourself and a fun fact as you introduce yourself. Okay. So uh, I am a digital marketing professional. So I have over 20 years of experience in my career. But back in 2007, I pivoted towards social media. I figured out that it was going to be the next big thing. So I've been specializing specifically in social media as a part of the larger digital marketing uh, ecosystem for a good 10 plus years. And I have experience across enterprise and startups. I owned my own boutique agency for a while called Admosis Media uh, back when paid social was just on the scene and it was the right rail and nobody knew how to take advantage of this thing helping clients like Amazon and Microsoft and Alaska Airlines and Timbuktu. But I decided about almost four years ago to go back in-house as the head of global social media strategy and operations at DocuSign because I felt like I had amassed 
uh, enough knowledge uh, as well as enough experience from a leadership standpoint that I could really help at a critical time for the growth of their company. When I joined uh, DocuSign, there was just a little over 600 people and we're almost 3,000 people now. Wow. That, that is a huge hockey stick over the last, you know, almost four years. And I had told my boss at the time, Gregor Prado, that I wanted to put DocuSign in the same league from a social media standpoint as other SaaS brands like Salesforce. Yeah. And, you know, not that follower count or fan count, you know, matters. But if you take a look at our social media properties across the globe, as far as SaaS brands go, we, we have a really good footprint in social media as we expand out across the world and help people understand who DocuSign is, what we have to offer, and, and quite frankly, how we can help them transform their companies. And that, that, at the end of the day, is quite a change management process for people. And so the more that we can connect with them, engage with them, integrate and influence them, it, it it is a powerful thing that I've just had the time of my life doing and building a great team that's helped me make it happen. Cause it, it takes a village. Let's, let's not, let's not joke, right? Yeah. Like it takes a village to do what we do. No doubt. So tell a little, a fun fact about you outside of Axe Tony. Oh, fun fact about me outside of social media. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's one that I would tell you if we weren't on a podcast, but we'll save that for the next time that we're at an event together. So I think the funnest fact that everybody should know is that I'm a mom of two boys, Gavin and Noah, who are eight and 11. And they are, they're just digital natives. And I think the fun fact that people would like to know is that my oldest son, Gavin, I got him into computer science at a really young age. And there's a wonderful foundation here in Seattle called code.org. Yeah. And fantastic. And I was able to use some of my connections over the years and got him in for his first usability study. What? Um, they were, yes, because uh, code.org was building out their K through uh, five software. And so Gavin, at a very young age, as a five-year-old, was doing uh, UX testing. And I'll never forget the person that was facilitating the research kind of looked at me about five minutes into the, into the research and looked at me and was like, what is going on here? He's, he's smoking my code like nobody's business. Yeah. So, wow. Like he probably was giving them straight up answer like, this is good. This is not good. I like this. I don't like this. No BS. Oh. He was just letting it roll. And so that's, I think that's a fun fact is that everybody knows as a parent, I advocate as much for technology as possible, but also in moderation too. Like if you look at what I talk about on Twitter or on Facebook, I'm very active socially myself, but I also show the the potential negative impact too of social media because it could be used for good and it can also be used for bad. So that's a, that's another fun fact too, I guess, is yeah. that I, I look at both sides of the coin. I, I'd like, I'm, you know, and, and we, I mean, I've, this is my motive. We have done 200 plus podcasts. So I feel like everybody who listens knows my family because we talk about it and, and I'm very open. So I have an eight year old son, Krish and my four year old daughter, Kiara. And so we have a rule like nobody uses technology throughout the week. So for the five days, 
no tech when they come home. And, and that has forced them to just get out of the house because what are they going to do inside the house after five o'clock or whatever that is. So that pushes them outside the house. And, and so my, my neighbor, he's a South African soccer professional. So he uh-huh. took a lot of time, all these rainbow and soccer moves. So he's just outside playing for two hours or so playing, doing soccer moves. So it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun for me. I, it's a great rule. I, I too have a no technology rule unless it's associated with education because the yes. schools do require them to do some stuff on their computers. So that's coming for you. Yes. <laughs> we, have two, we have two definitions in our household of screen time. Is it education oriented screen time or is it recreational screen time? And recreational screen time is not allowed Monday through Thursday but starting on Friday afternoon, uh, they can have up to an hour of screen time. But yes, I, I do think that as parents, we have to play a, a very uh, proactive role in helping them manage their screen time because let's face it, we're as addicted to these things as they are. Yeah, I mean, I don't fault my son or my daughter. Like, like they probably look at us and like, what are you, you're saying no to us? Like, look at you. Have you looked at yourself? Yes. In the- All right, well, and now we're going to talk about social media <laughs> just being on screen like, whoa, what a topic. So, you know, first of all, you are an exceptional speaker. And I, and I say that because as soon as you walked on the stage that day, I don't know if you noticed this or not, or you did that on purpose or not, but you did something really cool. Uh, and I want to make sure you, you, somebody tells you that if you didn't, did, nobody told you this. You walked in the, on the stage. You have, first of all, you danced with the DJ. So it kind of got everybody going. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And then you humbled yourself because you literally said, hey, look, I'm not a professional speaker. The, the speakers you just listened to right before you, they're amazing. Clearly they know and, you know, they know they do professional stuff. So that's awesome. I'm not a professional speaker. I'm a practitioner. And let me tell you, how do I do my job? And I feel like you just, I could feel that the, like everybody would just relaxed in, in a second. I could feel that, that everybody felt like, you know what? Okay, we're not going to get this smart you know, presentation. We're going to get something that we can take home and take action and learn from somebody who's a practitioner. So I don't know if it was planned or not, but you really no. the opening up it. Oh, that's so nice. I knew I said it. I hadn't thought about saying it, but I had a moment there where I got on stage and I could feel my heart rate go up a little bit. And I felt the need to tell everybody in the room that, that, yeah, it's not something I do that often to get up in front of a, of a large audience like that. And it was, it was a big moment for me. And I love hearing that it, 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 it was a humbling. I just was being honest and transparent. I'm, I'm a, I'm a leader who believes in vulnerability and um, I was just having a vulnerable moment with the, with the audience. And then I needed them to participate with me too, because I wanted them to dance. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was, that was too cool. So I just wanted to let you know, because I, I took notes on that because that was a great opener. When, when you are following some incredibly big speakers who, who do this for a living, you get paid to do versus somebody like you and I who are practitioners. We, we're not doing this. This is not a performance. This isn't, our job is our performance. So yeah. uh, you did a, yeah. did a great job. All right. Thank so, you. So let's talk about social media. You are at the forefront at DocuSign. You're leading it. You talk about Facebook Live, but you don't want to limit this conversation just to Facebook Live. How do you see modern companies embracing social media and what are the things that they should be thinking about? Well, I think all modern companies 
should embrace social media if they aren't already. I, I would like to think that now that it's almost 10 years old, almost everybody is participating in social media. But to your point of your second question, I don't know that everybody is actually using social media in the right ways, which is it's meant to be what you and I are doing here. We're, we're conversing with each other. We're having a conversation. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you. And the right way to do social media, at whether it's at the enterprise level or the mid-market level or at the SMB level, is to actually resource for it and um, properly leverage it to its fullest capability. And, and that, when I was giving the talk at Connex, I, I also used um, an analogy of, you know, people like to call or, or like to say that, you know, can you put some social media sprinkles or some whipped cream on, on top of the cupcake. And I'm like, no, you guys, we're, we're the cupcake. <laughs> and really, social media is a new way of communicating. And I hope some, at some point, they drop the word social media, and it just becomes part of the all up digital marketing mix, but that people recognize we no longer live in what's called a web-based economy. We live in an app-based economy. And there's only three to four apps that people use, you know, consistently day in and day out on their phones. And when you think about your target audiences and how you're trying to reach them, everybody's time starved. It is, you know, it, it, I've also heard the, uh, the wording, it, you know, we're in the attention economy where nobody is, you know, able to rub two minutes together, right? But you have to think about this app-based economy. If I'm actually trying to reach my prospects or my customers, what are they What are they actually looking at? What are their eyeballs looking at, you know, at, at, at different parts of the day? And, you know, on the weekends, we actually see really great engagement with our social media content starting at about Friday afternoon, going through Saturday and Sunday, because people have more time to consume the content that, that we've been making for them. And so we've actually, you know, started to line up our, our, our time of day of publishing and when we're going to actually put more money behind some of our content that's working to be able to be sure that we reach those people that, that we've identified that are our target, right? Yeah, um, And then begin to do what you so smartly have talked about in your customer experience funnel. We use social media to, to get signals from them, right? We, we want to know where they're at. And you can only do that through social media listening. Can you really understand the conversation landscape and begin to understand what types of content they need at the various phases of their, their customer funnel and then subsequently you know, what channel strategy we want to use to actually try and reach them. So that's a very long-winded answer for you. But at the end of the day, we have a framework that I put in place at our company that's called the CEII framework. So anybody yeah, who's listening to that. Yeah, I want to hear <laughs> about that because when you talk, when before we started to record, you started talking about it and I was literally connecting that C. I mean, first of all, it's a very a smart framework. So let's dive into that. But I was connecting that to Caitlin to the, the flip my funnel framework of identify, expand, engage, and advocate. And I feel like both of these frameworks are, as you would, as you talk through it, I think hopefully I ex hope people would recognize these are like 
just best practice framework. Like, you know, you should be able to universally apply this framework, even if you're in sales, maybe, or even if you are doing different part of marketing, is to really think about as, so, I, so please, let's, let's dive into the CII framework. Okay. So it's an overarching framework, and the C stands for connect. So if you're trying to acquire an audience, you need to be able to connect with them first. And in your framework, it's called identify. But for for us, we call it connect because we know uh, who it is we're trying to reach because if we've got a good social media listening topic and we're doing primary research, we have the insights we need to be able to identify the people we should be trying to reach and connect with. The E is engagement, right? Um, your second step is to expand. And we only do the expansion play really when we're in a paid social state, when we know something's working. But the second step of E, engage, also maps to your funnel in terms of, okay, once we've connected with people, then how do we subsequently engage with them? If they are commenting, comment back with them. If they are, you know, at tagging us and starting a conversation, we at reply back to them. Uh, Tim Ferriss at one point in time was looking for a way to do electronic signature and mm. tagged a bunch of people or asked the question, didn't tag anyone, but asked the question, who should I use? And it was only because we had our social media listening topic going on that mm. we saw that and it was a talkable moment. And everybody else was just tweeting back at Tim Ferriss. And I called Laurel Sue, who's my senior social media manager. And I said, hey, go grab Jonas Tishner, who works in our creative uh, department, creative services department. He's, you know, a brilliant spokesperson and used to be in journalism. And so they quickly ran up to our executive briefing center and did a quick, short video Ah. talking directly to Tim Ferriss. And then we gave him a special promotional offer to come Mm -hmm. try DocuSign for a reduced price for a certain amount of time. So that's what I talk about engage. Like what level are you actually investing in trying to engage with these people? Because there's there's the really quick and easy thing. And then there's the really thoughtful thing of where we're trying to have a conversation with you. Then the next one for I is to integrate. So how are you actually pulling social media through the customer uh, experience, right? From the time that they are interacting with your content, are you giving them an easy way to be able to share that content, right? Is it, you know, you've got the, the Twitter feed that's going on on our website and, you know, we've got an opportunity in product for you. If you had a great free trial experience that you could share about it, we have a way for you to review us. And, you know, if you don't have those hooks, then it it makes it really hard um, to integrate social media into all the places where you could be talkable and take advantage of these talkable moments, if you will. Absolutely. And And then the last one is influence, which in your funnel, you call it advocate. Ultimately, if if we are encouraging advocacy, that is a wonderful thing. But in order for people to even be able to advocate for us, we have to influence the conversation landscape. We have to help them understand uh, what is actually happening so that they can smartly advocate for the change that's needed in their in their company. So from an, from an influence standpoint, when I first joined DocuSign, we had created the category of digital transaction management. 
And we are reinventing the category right now and helping to influence the conversation landscape to show that it's not just about the e-signature, it's about the preparation uh, of a particular document that would need signature. And then it's about signing and then it's about acting. So executing that agreement and then managing that agreement. So we're helping people to modernize their system of agreement. And that, that is not an easy thing to do. And so we're trying to teach, we're trying to teach everybody a new way of talking about this transformation. And we call it the system of agreement. But if you don't influence the conversation landscape, if you don't go join those conversations where people are just talking about e-signature and try to evolve it and move it, then yet again, you are not leveraging social media to its full power. Yeah. So that's the, that's the CEII framework. And then underneath that overarching framework is a, a pretty detailed social media strategy. It's got objectives, goals, strategies, and tactics. And my channel strategy, my content strategy are all folded into that as part of our larger business strategy. And, and like I said earlier, it takes a village. You know, it's working cross-functionally, not just with departments within the marketing organization, but working with the sales organization, working with our legal organization, working with our customer success organization. It truly is to be a social enterprise means that you are, you are just that you are social, you function across the entire company. It's not just limited to marketing. I love that. I love that. I love the CE, uh, CEI, I think we're going to actually like influence over advocate because you make the point of you know, you have to influence the conversation. You also talked about category creation and category leadership, which is very dear to me because, you know, we think about account-based marketing and the reason we started Flip My Funnel and all that was because nobody was talking about ABM like four years ago. That's when I wrote the yep. book, Account-Based Marketing in 2015. I wrote it because that nobody was talking about it and we wanted to put a state like, look, this is important. And now everybody's talking about ABM in almost every conversation, but, but it took a while for it to be accepted by the analyst community to say that this is a category. And now three years later, when the analyst Forrester, Gartner, everybody is now putting a category, the magic quadrant saying account-based marketing, we're like, okay, now we can compete because there is no yeah. such thing as category of one. Could you share more about this idea of like, why is it important for you to create and invest so much in recreating a newer category? Because you obviously are a pioneer in one category. Well, that, that is the work of our amazing executive management team at DocuSign. Uh, they have just baptized the whole company <laughs> in the vision. But uh, as far as categories go, yes, I, I was, you know, trained and educated to understand what it is to have a category. But in, in terms of actually bringing it to life from a messaging and positioning standpoint, and then having to do that outreach to the media, doing outreach to the analyst community, quite frankly, you know, doing the required outreach to the customers and the prospects, that. That is something that takes a great deal of orchestration. So if, if my chief marketing officer slash chief strategy officer, Scott Ulrich, was on this call, he would tell you it's one of the hardest things to actually do. I agree. Amen. It requires orchestration across the entire company. And the, the company itself has to be baptized in yeah. this vision 
And, and then, you know, we need to figure out ourselves, how are we talking about it internally before we can even be prepared to go talk about it externally. And so it was a pretty big moment in time for us uh, when we IPO'd in April, and then we followed up right behind it with our, our customer conference where we first introduced this new category. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it has been a, a tremendous lift, and we're just getting started. We are just getting started. Our CEO, Dan Springer, was on uh, CNBC the other morning and just talking about it, right? We're just starting to get those opportunities to help educate people and and get them to see us uh, as part of, you know, this magic quadrant. But people want to put you in a little box, right? They just want to say, you are a competitor to these other e-signature providers and trying to convince people, don't put me in this box. We're more than that. Yeah, is quite the hat trick. It really is. And I'm excited to say, you know, we've, we've got great momentum and we have the right people and we have the right solutions. And so I'm really bullish on DocuSign, yeah. but that's just me. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also probably one of the biggest cheerleaders, cheerleaders you'll ever meet okay, for the that's company. Your job. That is your job. So, so to, on the topic of social media, is there a type of social media that is that you are seeing working really good for B2B specifically, given like majority of the listeners are in B2B in marketing and sales, and obviously DocuSign serves both B2B and B2C community. Is there one that works more on the B2B side than B2C? Are you seeing any difference there? Well, my answer is it depends. Yeah. Right. We have a social media dashboard that we, we scrape all of the social data over into our large data warehouse and then append it with data that's coming from other business systems so that we can understand how social media is actually helping us achieve our larger customer adoption index score. But to your question, from a channel strategy standpoint, do we see one social media platform outperforming other platforms? You know, it just depends on who it is we're trying to reach with what message at what particular stage in their customer life cycle. There is no uh, tried and true uh, silver bullet that it's like, you know, only mash the gas and double down, you know, on this social media platform and forget all of the others. The truth of the matter is, is that different people are using different social media platforms at, dish, at, at different points in time, but they don't toggle between. I'm wearing my business hat and I'm wearing my personal hat. Yeah. Right. They just, they don't, they're just living life and they're living life at home and they're living life at work. So you're trying to understand from the social data and interpret those signals to understand where, where they're at at what particular time. So when I think about connecting with people, you know, there's no question the Facebook family of apps has the largest Mm-hmm. Adoption. They own one in every five minutes, mobile minutes wow. that people spend on their on their devices, right? One out of every five minutes. So when you think about where is the largest total addressable market, the TAM, yeah. there's no question that they have, you know, a, a, a huge footprint. But when you actually look at you know, the Reddits of the world, you know, uh, in terms of online traffic, you know, the Google search engines, number one, Google, YouTube is number two, and Reddit's number three, in terms of, you know, time spent 
or most visited sites in the world. So somebody would be like, Caitlin, I disagree with you. It's not the Facebook family of apps. It's actually Reddit. Okay. Well, I'm not, I let's, let's have a good thoughtful debate here because can I actually target on the Reddit platform in the same way that I can target inside of Facebook's family of apps? Not at this point in time. Right. Now, other platforms like Quora, they're getting smarter in, in being able to let you actually go out and target people based on their their forum threads and whatnot. But my point is, is if you really have the customer insights, if you really understand your prospects and your customers and how you're trying to reach them, you will know what the path has to look like from a, a, a touch strategy as it relates to the channels you'll use to accomplish those touch strategies. So it will be you know, I'm sending an email and I'm doing a, I'm doing a Facebook ad and together that gives me 40% list when I use the same contact files for my email blast as I did for my targeting in Facebook, right? Because if I want all of my customers to know about the fall product release, that is a great, that's a great way to actually make sure everybody's going to see it. Then I might look at how many people actually you know, liked or commented or engaged and gave us a signal back. And then maybe I will retarget them, but I might retarget them on LinkedIn. I mm. might retarget them on Twitter. I might retarget them some other way through display advertising. But my point is, is if you are not looking at that data in real time to inform yourself, you're missing out. It doesn't work to look at the data at the end of the month or the end of the week or even the end of the day, right? Mm. You You need to be using social media to inform your every move as often and as frequently as you possibly can. So when I, I think of where people fall down the most in social media, it's that incredibly important part of using the social data to their advantage. And that requires instrumentation at a foundational level that lets them be able to have those real-time insights and, yeah. and then pay attention to them and to do something with it. Yeah, I, I love what you just said. I feel like most B2B companies, if you go and look at an audited, they have, they're probably using Buffer or something that is just populating tweets about themselves or the blog they just wrote or the conversations uh, that, or whatever webinars they're doing that you want people to register or an events they're hosting that they want people to attend. And yeah. end of it. And, and they're looking at well, why, what's happening. Why are we not getting a ton of engagement, right? I personally, it, so I post something every day on LinkedIn because I found out that LinkedIn from a B2B perspective is the perfect area for me to focus on to talk about ABM. So every single day since January 1st, I've consistently been posting about whatever I'm learning, conversations that I'm having, anything from the podcast, whatever it is as a, as a consistent habit. And what I've seen is, that just the same thing if you post on the brand, we get like two likes or a pity comment, right? Uh, of right. Some, and I posted by myself on my own LinkedIn, I, I would get hundreds. And that's not because people like me or anything like that. It's only because it's coming from a person that is consistently doing something. So I think people have to, to start using the brand where, where it's for, but also how do we get everybody in the company to evangelize yeah. that thing? And I think DocuSign, you and your team seems like, because I was looking at a lot of the DocuSign, I feel like you guys have done that 
pretty masterfully in the last at least six months or so that I've just started to follow. And I'm, I'm a user of DocuSign. So I feel Thank like you. Thank have, you. We love you for that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like your company is starting to adopt more. I think there are more people from your company talking and liking and sharing. How do you do that? How do you get there? Well, again, it's part of that influence strategy. So we use LinkedIn Elevate. So I put together what's called our social selling program. Mm. And it was a great partnership with the LinkedIn team being able to help articulate to all of our employees. We started the pilot with just sales and then we opened it up to the entire company. My team funds the tool set and then my team helps to educate, but we, we start early um, in educating people on how to use social media uh, to, to advocate as, you know, the personal brand, because are they doing business with DocuSign or are they doing business with Caitlin Angeloff? And are they going to go, if you do outreach to them, are they going to go look at your website first? Or are they going to go look at you on LinkedIn first? And are you adding value to them? Or are you just trying to sell to them? Are you helping them? Or are you trying to sell to them? And so I explained when we launched this social selling pilot, you know, the, for every, you know, five pieces of content, four pieces of that content should be about how to help them through this change management for, and then, you know, the one post about how DocuSign is helping, could help them through that change management process. So social selling, there is no better platform. LinkedIn did not pay me to to say <laughs> this. I've been on one of their panels before, but there's no better, there's no better way to actually be representative of your professionalism than on LinkedIn. Yes. And if you agree that people are doing business person to person yeah. versus person to company, then hands down, LinkedIn is it. And if you're going with account-based marketing and you are sending, so, you know, Nicole, who works at Smartsheet, I'm going to probably butcher her last name, but I think it's Denicola, another really smart company here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, she was at Connect and we had a great conversation about account-based marketing and she was doing a quick report on it, right? And Mm -hmm. Management wanted to understand um, basically, you know, what what progress was being had. Yeah. And she's like, "This is this is the long haul. This, you know, depending on the sales cycle, it could be twelve to eighteen months of, you know, this whole back and forth that occurs between the sales professional that's, you know, trying to, you know, work into this account." Yeah. So I think one of the things you need to think about when you're doing your social media channel strategy is, do you really know the true customer life cycle for the customer? And if you are talking from an enterprise standpoint with the long sale, then yeah, maybe LinkedIn's the better bet for you to be buying sponsored updates on or buying LinkedIn in mails. Um, because that's going to help you reach the right people. Now, you might pay more money for it, and it might take you longer to achieve the business results that you want. So you've got to have the fortitude to stick with it yep. and not just go for the quick wins that you think that in two seconds you're going to be able to instantly you know, hit your quota. It just does not work that way. It just yeah. doesn't. And so there, that's, that's my, <laughs> my long-winded answer to your question. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right. So I'm going to, I took like, you know, multiple pages of notes 
here. So I'm going to try to summarize with uh, a few nuggets that, that are more than that, but I feel like I, I, I think I can summarize a few here. Uh, and then I'd love for you to finish off with a challenge for everybody who's listening that they can take action tomorrow when they or today if they're listening on their drive. So first of all, if you're speaking, be humble. Uh, and I think you just demonstrated so well at, at the conference. So I learned a lot there. It's like if everybody you're speaking in either internally in your company or externally in front of thousands of people, if you can lower the bar for everybody and really get people to relax, you'll have a better opportunity to, to get your message across them and, and, and really, really importantly, make sure that they feel like they're important. It's one of the most important things you could do as a speaker. So I feel like you, you taught me that uh, at the event. Second, you talked about start thinking about not just attention-based economy, but app-based economy. So a lot of people who think about, maybe they're not thinking about it, but apps is where everything is. As a matter of fact, I don't have cable. Everything I play at my home is through Roku and everything is an app. ESPN is an app. Uh, CNN is an app. Everything is an app. So totally, totally agree with that. Then you walk through the CEII framework, which is connect, engage, integrate, influence. So more uh, to find on. And you have you written about this somewhere uh, about CEII? I don't think I've actually published anything publicly, but now you've challenged me to go write a blog post on it. So I'll have to do that. All right. You have, you need to write one either on LinkedIn or somewhere so people can go find it. So just follow okay. Kate Angel off and then she will, by the time this goes live, which will be the next three, four weeks. It's a challenge. Put something out there. I love it. I love the challenge. Bring it. All right. Great. Then you talked about this example of Tim Ferriss and how quickly and timely as a company, you just reacted to it. Did Tim Ferriss sign with DocuSign? I have to ask that question. He did. He sure did. He oh, sure wow. did. All right. I, I was a little timid to ask that question because I'm like, what if he's... No. But that's oh, awesome. He's, he's He's fantastic. He's great. I want him on the DocuSign advisory board at this oh, point. <laughs> wow, that is that is awesome. And then you talked about some really incredible stats like email for plus Facebook ads gave you a 40% lift when it came to targeting and getting in front of the right people. Uh, you talked about using LinkedIn Elevate and getting a social selling pilot to bring everybody. And the finishing comment that you said for every, this is for every marketer and salespeople, they need to drill this thing in their brain, what you just finished off with saying, of every five pieces of content you put out there, four of them should add value and one of them could be about you or you, whatever you're trying to do. So for every five, four times value. So I think that was a great way to finish up. So there are way more nuggets than that and the notes that I've made here, but I'll summarize that on a blog sometime later on, on Flip My Funnel. Uh, is there a challenge that you want to leave everybody with that is listening to the podcast? Oh, I think the challenge that I'm going to give everyone is to push themselves out of their comfort zone and uh, stop thinking about social media as this, you know, thing that people do on Facebook or Twitter and instead just look at it as the new way that people are communicating and that there's a responsibility in using those platforms to their, their best advantage. And if people change their way of thinking about things and then they begin to act differently on those platforms, I think the potential is amazing. And my challenge to everyone is if you're going to start anywhere, if you're going to start anywhere with social media, start with the people at your company. They are your best asset. And so if you teach them how to use social media to actually 
be social and do what I consider to be proper relationship management, Mm. where there's a good value exchange, then that should be the first thing that you do. And then you can get into the other parts and get more sophisticated across the larger framework. But, but start with that first one because it will show up in how you're actually influencing the conversation landscape. And by golly, back in the day, they all called it word of mouth marketing. And how do I get word of mouth marketing going? Well, that's it. You have to actually give people the message. And then you've got to give them a platform to be able to spread their message. And it's pretty darn easy. So that's my challenge. Don't be shy. Get right on it. And, you know, Reach out to me if you have questions. I actually, I, I actually don't just preach. I actually walk the walk. And if somebody has questions, tweet at me. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Don't be shy. Yeah, that's how we connected. I think I didn't have your information. And then I think I put yeah. your LinkedIn and you responded. So you are right. So, Caitlin, again, thank you so much. Hopefully, we'll do axe throwing again somewhere uh, outside of the United States. I hope so, my dear. I, you, I hope you know that you have an axe throwing buddy anytime you want. So we'll, we'll do this again. And don't be a stranger. And thanks for having me on your podcast. It just means the world to me. So good luck. Thank you. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.